from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub. The Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Something a little different tonight. Typically, this is where I say over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow tuna country, Matt Kemp. Unfortunately, tonight, tuna is under the weather. And What? And I thought tuna lost weight over here. <laughs> <laughs> Better look again. <laughs> and uh, Maybe it was that tuna helper. He is not here this evening. So uh, we have taken Jody with the whiteboard and slid him into the second chair over my right shoulder. And tonight will be his on-mic debut, which we are very excited about. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> bellied up to the bar, as always. A man who will yamo be there whenever you call. The fabulous one, Freddie Bender. I love it. I'm. Uh, that's my next karaoke song. You got a list of them, don't you? I do. Uh, you know that song is listed, even though it's from. I think that might be from Running Scared. No. No, it's not on the soundtrack. But Michael McDonald is in that song a lot, not just doing backup vocals, but that is listed as a James Ingram song. That is correct. Um, it always gets me pumped up. <laughs> Fellas, it's great to be back. We took a week off last week. I was uh, gallivanting in the nation's capital and in New York City. Uh, it's good to have a week off, but it's always good to be back in the downstairs pub studios. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. Doing good, buddy. Uh, tuna, get well soon. Quit eating tuna helper. I'm sure that's why he might not be doing too well. Well, the uh, the box of tuna helper that Jody uh, got for him uh, for his fantasy football struggles is still sitting down here in the studio. So uh, we can't at least blame that for his recent bout of ill health. Can I say that it could be the... Kansas City Blues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that didn't help. I got the Bengals Blues, by God, I can tell you that. So, but it ain't the Cardinals. It ain't that that team moving up the ladder, trying to in, getting in that ACC championship game. That he's definitely feeling good about that. I guarantee it. And he has to feel relatively good about at least the recent trajectory of the basketball team not being a national embarrassment uh almost beating texas in new york city and then playing a good competitive game against indiana yesterday which for all my louisville friends i'm uh well i was gonna say i'm sorry that indiana beat you but i'm really not i'm pleased that indiana won neither team i don't think is uh particularly good at this point but that's something we can get into a little bit later. Um, right off the bat, as always, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media, uh, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod, and then on Facebook, just type in Blockout Sports Pod uh, in your search engine. You will find updates. Uh, we, you know, we post our episodes there. Occasionally, we put pictures, and I'll put the pics on there and things like that. 
We fell off last week because I was super busy. I usually would uh, put out picks even though I wasn't, even though there wasn't a new episode, but uh, didn't have a chance to do that last week. But uh, we will definitely be back on that. And uh, uh, barring anything unforeseen, we should be uh, good to go for the foreseeable future, which brings me to an interesting thing right off the bat. Fred, do you know what next week will be uh, relative to our podcast? Could that be our one-year anniversary? Ding, ding, ding. All right. That is correct. Next year will be episode, or next week will be episode 52 um, of the podcast, our one-year anniversary. It will be the end of season one, and the and the following week will be the beginning of season two. I can't be more excited about it. Uh, I never thought when we started this, I never thought really that this would still be going in a year. And not only is it still going, I think it gets better each and every week. And a lot of that is because of the people that listen and make a point of reaching out to us and telling us that they enjoy the show and the things that they enjoy about it. Um, I've enjoyed talking to different people about things they like about the show and things like that. So we want to say right off the bat, thank you everybody for making one year possible. And I look very much forward to getting into year two. Now, with all that being said, we missed a week. We're not going to go back in time too much and talk about a lot of things that happened uh, while we were gone. But I do want to say a few things. Number one, Louisville went to Miami, took care of business in a wildly entertaining game. Uh, they now are locked into the ACC championship game. Uh, they obviously have a big rivalry week game, Governor's Cup, coming up this weekend with University of Kentucky that everybody around here is very excited about. Indiana continues to be Indiana. Kentucky lost uh, what I thought was an inexcusable game to lose last week. I didn't get to watch it, but uh, I was following along. Um, Kentucky and Louisville seem to be two programs that are moving in different directions. This weekend, I think, is a fascinating matchup. Just because of that is a, is a big reason why. Fred, uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the trajectory of both programs, and what do you see happening this weekend in that ball game? Uh, run that by me again. Uh, so, uh, just Kentucky and Louisville. Okay, here's what I think. No, I, I didn't know what you meant. Which tri- No, uh, what I'm going at is Louisville is riding high. Right now, they're really – I tell you what, their defense is playing really well. Um, Plummer still is off on throws and so forth, but so is Leary. Uh, Plummer's playing better than Leary is right now. And I know – and I'll kind of I'll, I'll do some U L stuff and let Jody he, – he uh, follows Kentucky hardcore. So I'm going to throw some Louisville things down. But um, – you know, Louisville, Plummer keeps Louisville in the game. 
He all he may make some bad throws and some errant throws, rare, but for the most part, they're winning. And they're doing what it takes to get the job done. Uh as far as uh the fourth quarter, uh he it seems like he's not making as many mistakes. I mean, look back at the NC State game and how many turnovers there were. Back and forth, back and forth. I know they still have turnovers that Louisville still have, but they're get they're over the hump on that. Now you've got a big physical team coming, and and I and I, I know that Kentucky is a physical team. They're going to bring SEC physicality to this game, and it's going to be interesting to see what competition they both have played as far as their conferences go. I mean, I I do think that that the the best game between both teams that they have played, the hardest team, I would say, would be Notre Dame. I would say Notre Dame is bet- between the two teams. I would say that uh, that's probably UofL's best win. I would say, not Duke, I would say that Kentucky's best game is probably the loss Tennessee. To, to, uh, no, I'm thinking the loss to Missouri, maybe. Uh, could be Tennessee, yes. The Tennessee game was clean, though. There weren't any turnovers. Right, there weren't any turnovers, and I know there was some crazy stuff in that uh, Missouri game. But uh, I the the way I see it happening is, is just I feel like Louisville has a lot more momentum. Everybody knows that. UK did not win down in a tough South Carolina place to play. On a night game, they were in the game the whole time. Uh, you know that interception in the end zone killed Kentucky. Uh, but um, and and Spencer Rattler, you know he they 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 had six or seven three and outs, and he only had one drive, and it was the drive that won the game. So I feel like Kentucky. Uh, leaving that game shouldn't hold their heads down. Uh, I mean, I know that South Carolina hasn't had a great season, uh, but they're trying to be bowl eligible this week. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. If you go into this game, I, I really think it's it's kind of a, a – what's the spread, Jody? Three? Seven. Seven. Okay, seven. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I personally think – that U of L has the advantage being at home. It is a twelve o'clock game. Uh, I have I have the cards winning uh, that game. What do you think? I agree. Um, I'm I'm going to watch the game. Not looking forward to it to be honest. Um, our defense, yeah, we we've got a tough defense. Our defense is actually down a little bit compared to the last couple years. Uh, I think it comes back. We got a quarterback issue, too. Right. I mean, he looks good for three plays and then looks like he's never thrown the ball. <laughs> I know. And I don't understand it. Um, we got to see what Ray does. Got to get Ray on track. That could be the big part is getting that running game going, you I know? Think, I think your big one is, or Louisville's big one is Jordan. Right. You know, he didn't play – how many plays did he play in the last 15 minutes of that – Miami game. Right, I know. He was on I the know. sideline a yeah, bunch. Yeah, he was on the sideline a bunch, and I think they're saving him, you know, for this game, for this I, matchup. I think if he's that injured, he doesn't play as much this game, and they save him for the FSU game. Which, right. 
That's what I would do. If I, would that, I, I agree. This game, in the scheme of things, doesn't really – that's another thing. There's a lot of the, – the, like Kentucky, it's a huge rivalry game, and believe me, they all want – they want to win on both sides of the ball, but Louisville's already in. Yeah. You know, and Kentucky is playing – For pride. Know, for pride. That's so – it's one of those things. I just feel like Kentucky's come out sluggish in some of these games and just starting slow. They they have not started off fast. They they get momentum in the second quarter, but if they don't get going in the first quarter in this game, it can be trouble cuz uh you that's, that's Stoops football. Right. That's I the know. way he's been. Right. I'm not not putting him down. It's just we never start off fast. I think we we started off Good in the Tennessee game, I believe. If right. I remember right. Yep. But that's no, they did. And we could have won that game. That that was the I think that was the game changer or season changer for us. If we would have won that game, we possibly could have beat a really good Missouri team. Right. But right. That, that kind of crushed our soul. But it crushed the right. It's just it just seems like Kentucky's not coming in with a lot of momentum, and Louisville is, and that could be the difference. Um, I feel like Brom has his teams prepared, ready to go, a little bit stronger right now than UK is, just on a feel, feel thing. Well, you know? and and don't you think that there's a there's a certain feeling, at least to me, around Louisville that everything has kind of fallen into place for them this year. They didn't have a tremendously difficult schedule. They won all the games that they probably should have won and then going into the Florida State matchup they're going to be playing Florida State without their starting quarterback right right yeah and that took that game as far as I'm concerned and I'm, I mean this isn't uh breaking news but boy they have a real opportunity they have oh. a real opportunity to win the ACC championship in Brahms first year and you want to talk about a launching point for football in Louisville from this point for the next several years. You get an ACC championship, I don't give a damn how they get it. Right. And Florida State's been at the top. They've been one of the top teams the whole year, and they still have two great receivers. Let's not forget that that, and I'm getting ahead of myself on that matchup, but that backup quarterback scored 58 unanswered points in that game. And I was about <laughs> to say, I mean, this is in no way discounting uh, Florida State's chances to win that game. I still think they probably, probably would even be favored in that game. Right. But I think it obviously does set up for Louisville to feel a little bit better about their chances and a little bit better about where they are coming into the ball game because, I mean, the kid was special. I mean, he was having a great year. It was super unfortunate what happened to him. It was a horrible-looking injury. I hope he's okay for from this point forward. But um, I'm super excited about Louisville and Kentucky, and I'm super excited for the Louisville-Florida State game going forward. Right. The city's going to be rocking uh... – Kentucky's going to come ready to play. They've won the last four. They're going to be pumped up. They're going to be uh, – I, I know they're going to come in confident 
and they should. If they don't, it's going to be trouble. So uh, they play good on that field. They play. They 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 have that going for them. You know, they've won a couple games there recently. But uh, you know, the weather looks like it's going to be good. Um, let's 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 te- let's get it ready. I'm I'm ready. I can't wait, dude. I th- I mean, the city's uh, this this past Louisville game was uh, had was a great fun game to watch. Amped up. It kind of was a bummer that. UK didn't finish the job, but uh, I guess I think Louisville thinks that they're walking in wounded and they smell blood. So let's see what Stoops has for them. Jody, are you going to the game? I am not. Okay. But I, I will say the one positive for UK is they're used to noon games. I think we've had like nine of them this year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Both teams have played a lot of noon games, UK more than L. So, uh, but but it's it's gonna be fun. Let's get and, it going. They both have had some turnovers. Uh, Louisville seems like they can score points easier, and Kentucky seems like they have trouble trying to get points. So, uh, it really is gonna depend on, in my opinion, obviously turnovers and everything. But who gets started early first? Uh, because if Kentucky gets going early and gets momentum. Man, we got us a ball game. <laughs> and, and honestly, both defenses are really good. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's U one thing. surprised me this year how L- good their defense Louisville's is. defense is really uh, a great. I noticed uh, UofL's uh, uh, assistant coach is on the Frank Broyles Award uh, 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 finalist as a well-deserved English. Yeah. Uh, well-deserved English, for him. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of them games where usually Kentucky's coming in confident. So this time it's swapped. It's, it's different. And Brom is the X factor. He's got that fight in him and you know that his team will be ready. So let's get it on, baby. I I was surprised this year not to see UK's offense more like UofL's. Yeah. I mean, our OC and Brian Brown, the OC at U of L, in my opinion, have similar thought processes. Yeah, but you haven't seen that from UK this year, not consistently. Right, not consistent. They've had a lot of drop balls from the receivers who really did well as freshmen last year. Um, well, we've talked about it every week of the season this year that Kentucky has led the country in dropped passes. Yeah, since. Game one, um, Leary hasn't been great, but when he has been good, his receivers have let him down. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. And I'm interested to see what the game plan is going to be this weekend if Kentucky decides they think they can pound the ball. I think they I think they have to. I agree. I mean, I really I agree. do. They, and, and, you know, I'm not quite sure – I'm trying to think of some teams that Louisville's went up against that's had some really, really good running backs. Um, that you know what I'm saying that that have really pounded the that have really given them uh, an option where they had to be strong on that defensive line in the trenches. I think Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, their comes to mind, their yeah. offensive line and their and their speed. In the backfield uh, uh, would be similar. 
Um, but I think you're right. I I think Kentucky's game plan has to be pound the ball early, uh, dominate the line, line of, scrimmage, of scrimmage, and then and test then them. and then and then open the offense up right. a little bit. Right. Right. But I'm pumped up about it. I wish it wasn't a noon game. I wish it was a like a night game. I think that would be super cool. But I get it why they do it. Our little um, capstone's going to be open at my house, and we're going to have Ohio State, Michigan on one TV. We're going to have uh, Kentucky, Louisville on one TV. We're going to have Purdue, IU on one TV. Uh, let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, I was just about uh, to ask you, Fred, because, uh, I mean, we can talk about the, you know, all these different, uh, rivalry games that are coming up this weekend. Of course, the one that matters most is the battle for the old Oaken bucket. There you go. Indiana and Purdue. I mean, two teams that are, uh, well, quite frankly, they're both terrible. What's what's the over under in that? I have it right is, here. Is you don't to, have to look. It's on my list. Fifty one point five. Fifty one and a half. And I like that under. And I think Purdue is favored by three and a half. Yes. I think, I think. it was something around that. Yeah. Um I uh I would not touch that game. <laughs> I'm not gonna a, touch it, but I may bet the under. From a gambling standpoint, I wouldn't touch it. I hope Indiana plays well. Obviously, I hope they win. I have no uh, fifty-one and a half surprised me. Yeah, it seems that seems a little high. Because what I do is I go through the unders of teams I like. I write use by them, and then I go and write the unders down. And the ones that's the highest is the first one I take. And by God, that one is it. <laughs> um, but uh. No, and, and Purdue at home, I don't think that makes any difference, whether they've won or lost. They haven't played good the whole year, uh, whether they're at home or away. Uh, but I do feel like that IU has a a little edge where ever since they made some coaching changes that they have been playing a lot better. They have. They've been better, but not. That last game but, was a, was a ugh. Not Y'all good lost enough. Some close I mean, ones, man. they lost to Illinois in overtime, and then the way they lost last week, last week uh, was uh, was not great. But I don't want to dwell on that because nobody outside of maybe five people listen to this podcast care that much about that about that particular game. What I wanted to ask you about, Fred. We've got the Iron Bowl coming up. Oh, weekend. baby, what? And uh, I know Alabama comes into it as a heavy favorite. I think uh, 14 and a half, I think, is right. 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 Um, what are your initial thoughts about that game and how you think it's going to play out? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone would argue with me if I said Bama's maybe the hottest team in the country right now. Uh, pumping on all cylinders. The offensive coordinator has figured things out. Milrose throwing, he's running. Uh, I mean, and no no injuries really, except a couple little dings. But we're 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 there. And then Auburn poops the bed this weekend, 
and loses to a team who hasn't who was 0-24 in the SEC to New Mexico State at home in Jordan Hare. Uh, were they looking ahead? Yes. Uh, but that's still but no they're, excuse. they're a young team. They're not there. He doesn't have his players. I know that they're all <laughs> that he's saving some of his best plays for this game because that's at this point in his season, that's what he's looked. They're, they're, they were trying to win a bowl game are trying to be bowl eligible. You lose to New Mexico State and you no longer are. But now they have this as their bowl game and they're going to come with every bell, whistle, unicorn that Jordan Air has to offer. And believe me, we all know if you have watched Alabama game uh, Iron Bowls in the past, Jordan Hare's never an easy place to play. Uh, I can tell you right now we could be down 14 nothing, and it would not surprise me. Um, but I think in the end, I think that, uh, our experience, our, our, uh, leadership, uh, the momentum that we have built up, I think that we'll wear them out and, uh, hopefully have a successful game. There's really not much to talk about there either. I, I, I know that Bama's already playing Georgia in the SEC championship. They don't have nothing to look forward to with that game except. Uh, prepare um, so uh, and be ready uh, down the line. Uh, they're not going to want to use all their plays in this game either. B- believe me, they're saving things and have all year for Kirby, and which is never easy because he's he knows saving as well as anybody. But three uh, thirty game, last CBS game, Trav. Uh, maybe for the SEC, but unless we get into, uh, I'm not sure how the, everything else is going to be. It might be our last Bama game on CBS with Gary and, uh, Nestler. So that will be, uh, 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 bittersweet for me and, uh, looking forward to it though. It's going to be a, f- a fun game. Uh, don't forget about the 12 o'clock or also on a fourth TV where LSU will be playing, Texas A&M uh, without a co- uh, without a coach. Well, I'm not sure how without a coach. But, without their head, their, but, their, but Jake their head Daniels coach. is going to be trying to break major records to uh, to win that Heisman Trophy. So that will be an interesting game too at 12 o'clock. Which Jody and I were talking about it before we went on the air tonight, <clears throat> and. He had an interesting question to me that I'd like to uh, ask you. He said, if you had a Heisman vote, how much would wins and losses play into it? Would it would it, like do you need to be 11 and 0 or 10 and 1 or whatever or would you just look at it and say who is the best player in college football? Well, I always think that, but in years past it's almost like you go with a team who, who who is the driving force that is driving you unless a player comes along in a big conference that is doing things that no one else has done. Like and LSU. Like like LSU. And I and I have this in front of me where um you know there there has been who who is three thousand passing yards and a thousand rushing rushing yards in the same season in FBS history. 
uh, Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Uh, they all did that and won the Heisman. Um, they didn't have Johnny Manziel. They didn't have a great record. Uh, Jaden Daniels has done that. Um, and now Kyler Murray took his team to the playoff. Uh, Lamar Jackson's team did not make the playoff in that game. Uh, Tim Tebow has won uh, with three losses, the Heisman. Um, I just think when there are, uh, I do think that Penix is playing, is kind of getting, I feel like Bo Nix and all the advertising they're doing for him and everything is getting ahead of Penix, and I don't know why. Washington has played way tougher teams. They beat Oregon, and Penix is doing, man, I've seen some passes from him lately that will blow my mind. Now, they have won. Their games are tighter. But, dude, they're playing hard teams. They're going to Corvallis and playing there. I'm just saying that Penix is right now my number two and Jaden Daniels is number one and Bo Nix is three. I think it's between Jaden Daniels and Penix, not Bo Nix right now. But um, I had something else I wanted to show up while we're on that. Um, I mean, if Joe Burrow right now, Jay uh, Daniels is getting ready to pass Joe Burrow's records when he won the Heisman at LSU, literally for the season, he's thrown for 300 more yards, uh, responsible for two more TDs than Burrow was less turnovers and a better QBR rating. Um, what was it this last weekend? He threw for three something and ran for two hundred. Right. Something. Do you know? Never who, been done before. Right. Travis, do you know who the leading rusher in the SEC is? Do y'all know who that is? By have, chance or I, or I guess I have. Or, I have yellow no. and purple. No, but he's second. He's the second leading rusher okay. in the SEC. <laughs> and now, you know, I, and I, I get it, it's a quarterback. But the most exciting player in the country is Jaden Daniels. But Michael Penix is taking, doing things, and he was the front runner from the get-go. So I, I tell you what, these two guys, it's going to be interesting because Washington has still big games, and everybody thinks they're going to, they're going to uh, do have a hiccup on one of these. If they don't and he gets them in that playoff, you better believe that he will be the front runner in my opinion. But I to answer your question, I think that it it changes it every year. I think it you know, you never know. But I think this is a year where you're going to have a guy that is taking his team and a guy that's going to be battling with him that is just the most exciting and doing a whole lot. Now, they are letting him play all four quarters. You know what I mean? They're letting him run. Like that game this past week, he had no business being in that game. But I understand why they're doing it, you know? So, you have a vote right now. I give you your card. You have two minutes. What name are you putting on that right now for the Heisman? Right now... I'm putting Michael Penix down. Travis? Uh, <clears throat> that's tough for me, Jody, because, you know, 
how I have been all year uh, on the Penix train. Now, and here's the thing. As Fred just said, it's tough to take a guy that you've had at the top of the list the entire season who has played great the entire season and has his team undefeated for the season and then drop him below another player. So I'm going to be with Fred, and I'm going to say I'm still going to take Penix and put him at the top. And if you think back when Lamar won it, those last few games of that season when he won the Heisman, he started to stumble a little bit. Yeah. He had some more yeah. turnovers. And, right, right. Uh, he always stayed at number one, obviously, but he was – there was guys catching up right, to him. Right, right. And, and Jaden Daniels, you know, he played Alabama. He's got three losses. And quite frankly, he was outplayed in that game by Jalen Milrow. He was outplayed in the game – that he played in. So it would be different if Milrow had a bad game and he played this great game and brought LSU back and they lost in a tight one, but it didn't happen. Milrow was the better player. Quite frankly, Milrow's moving up my ladder to get invited to New York City as the fourth person. Um, but we'll see what happens. But, no, my vote goes, what about you, Jody? Well, so Washington plays Oregon again in the – Pac-12 championship, correct? Yes. So, Penix has the game of his life, throws for over 500 yards, and Oregon wins by two touchdowns. Does Bo Nix move ahead of him at that point? Oh, man. See, I, there's, it, there's so many There's, there's a lot there. of variables. Or maybe they X each other out, and then Jaden uh, uh, Daniels goes up, you know? If I was put <laughs> on the clock right now, the eye test, I would just – I think Daniels is the best quarterback. Oh, he right is. Now. I mean, he's the most exciting player. It, but it's very close. Right. It's one of the closest races I think we've seen in a while. Oh, for sure. It really is. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how that all works. And I hope that they invite more than two guy, two or three guys. Like, they should invite. I like when they used to invite four and five guys up there and let them have the experience. Uh, da, da, da. I do think those four should definitely be invited. Yeah. I think Milrow deserves – uh, the chance to to move up. Doesn't this seem like a year that uh, that they need to invite at least four? Oh, yeah, yes. or maybe five. Uh, I don't think Michigan's quarterback is doing anything spectacular and deserves to go there. I'm sorry. I, I know everyone's sour on Michigan, and I am and have been, but I'm just not seeing it. Uh, he's like four, 3, 000, or 2,000 yards behind everybody else. Um they haven't looked that great against everybody they've played, and that's a horrible schedule. I, I don't think he's earned it playing. I'm sorry, but the schedule that Michigan has, I'm not quite sure that he's earned any any uh, reason for to catch people's eye. I understand he's doing good. They're winning. They're trying to win a national championship. But he has not done anything Heisman-worthy. I mean, Will Rose had six touchdowns last week. Well, what about this? Uh, talking about inviting four or five back again, which they've had in the past. What about Beck? I think Beck is is a close. He's he's right there. Yeah, right? six. Yeah, um, and who you know, and and there's really nothing left for him to do. If something happened, he had this insane game and blew Bama out. Uh, that would be that would be crazy. I don't know. I mean, uh, there are Travis. 
what, what about you want to talk about some of these games that we have coming up this yes, weekend? Yes, please. Well, it ain't Georgia, Georgia Tech. <laughs> no. But uh, I do have some of these games uh, marked down. What do you all – I want to get your all's opinion. Travis, you're a Big Ten guy. What, what do you think about this Ohio State-Michigan game? <sighs> I've actually gone back and forth on this. I was thinking about this for a while today because I knew I, inevitably we had to talk about it tonight. And with all the noise around Michigan and all the different things that have been going on uh, off the field, I decided to throw all of that out and just think about, and I've watched both these teams play multiple times this season, and I just think that Michigan is a better football team wow really I do and um I think they're better I think they are going to be incredibly motivated they have the motivation factor I think that uh having lost to uh, Georgia as well now all this being said it is not going to shock me in the least if Ohio State wins that ball game. But uh, if you had to put me on the spot and say who's going to win this game and what's the score going to be, I am going to take Michigan 27-24. Is that in the big house? Yes. Yes. That's another reason. That's, that's That would be my factor right there. I'm taking Ohio State in this one, guys. And, and I hope it's a tie. <laughs> I'm taking Ohio State, and I think they're going to win by 10. You're kidding. No, I'm going 30, 31-21. Wow. Um, I love your – I mean, I love I love that you have that feeling and that you stand behind it. I, and, I think Georgia's the best team in the country right now. Maybe not the hottest, but – but they are the best team in the and I feel like Ohio State is the second best one, right? And I'm not knocking Michigan because of their schedule and all this, that, and the other. But I do feel like that Ohio State is more battle tested than Michigan is, and I think that catches up with you. Uh, and then with all the other stuff they have going on, I know they can fight through that. It happens on the gridiron, but. Uh, I think Ohio State and I think Marvin Harrison is the X factor in that game, and I see Michigan uh, Ohio State pulling forward. Matter of fact, I am betting them in this game. Really? Yes. Speaking of Harrison, we didn't. I even, have him circled. We didn't even talk to him about him for the Heisman. Yeah, I, I don't no, think he wins it. And, but and you're right. You know I, what? That's another guy that gets invited. That, that's where. Yeah, they're going to throw a wide should, receiver. And, and it'd be, it's really between him and Milrow, probably. I think Milrow would be a cool fifth. Gotta have, but uh, uh, Harrison, uh, you know he did, no he 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 definitely is up there. We always keep forgetting about him, but yes, uh, I, I want to see another defensive guy. I'm thinking Penix. You got Penix. You got Daniel. I mean, uh, yeah, Daniel. You got Knicks, and then it's. Bet- I would like to see Harrison and Milrow get invited. Uh, those two, and and I think that. You're right, Milrose probably fifth. And we talked about that last time, and they're still in the same order. There's not a limit, right? But uh on who how many? 
I don't right, think so. Right. I think we've had up to six before invited. I know I've seen yeah. five. Now, uh, Friday, don't forget, folks, we got Friday games, don't we, Travis? We do. Well, I want to get y'all's opinion on the Oregon-Oregon State matchup. I know you all watched that Oregon State game this past week. Uh, man, was that a battle, dude. I mean, if you did, I mean, did any of y'all able to watch that game, Washington or Oregon State? I watched every play, dude. Hey, now that is a Penix moment in that game. I mean, you know they always say that Heisman moment, but man, I'm telling you, that place, uh, Tuna called it out and said that place is impossible to play in. Chainsaw World, uh, the whole nine yards, and man, going in there and winning that game. Washington has proved they can win some tight games uh, against some of the best. And what I find impressive about Washington, especially the last, I'll say, four weeks, is the different ways in which they've won. They've won, uh, uh, you know, leaning on their defense. They've won leaning on their running game. Right. And they've won... And here's the, but the X factor or the the common denominator, I should say, is that in every ball game, at the end of the game, when they need a play to be made, Mike Penix makes a play. And when I think about a Heisman candidate, I think about that. Like, I mean, his stats were super gaudy at the beginning of the year, but then some teams when they play good teams the teams say well we're not gonna let mike beat us we're gonna make you beat us with the running game or make you beat us uh you know with your defense or whatever but then it comes down to the last drive the last two drives of the ball game and he always seems to make the right play and as of right now they've won 11 games this season they haven't lost yet and mike is obviously the main reason why but, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. 13 and a half in that game. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Um, I, I say Washington wins, but I want to say, covers. well, no, they play Washington State. Yeah, this or, or, Oregon right. at home. Uh, it's Oregon, Oregon, State. Oregon State. I mean, the spread's like, um, you know, 14 or whatever, and 14 and a half. Washington Some should game. Washington should win this game, I think comfortably by more than what the spread is. Um, but I've thought that a few times this year and it hasn't necessarily happened. So I am not uh spoiler alert. I am not making that one of my picks this week, but I fully expect them to win comfortably and, uh, you know, set up the huge matchup with Oregon. And that's a four o'clock game at, at Washington. Yes. Yeah. There's a Thursday now, college football game. And don't forget, yes, yes. Uh, and for for our LSU fans out there, Ole Miss The Egg Bowl. State. Hey, if we don't talk about the egg bowl, tuna is gonna go to the hospital. <laughs> we have to because that is honestly one of my favorite rivalry it, it games my favorite. to watch every year. It is, and, and folks, yes, this is Thanksgiving night, 8 o'clock. I think there's an NFL game, right? Or did they move the NFL game to Black Friday, and now it's not Thursday night? No, there I is. know there's games on Thanksgiving, but is I'm not sure. 
You know they're they're doing the first ever NFL Friday. Friday. I think there's still two on Thursday. I okay, because I think last year there was three on right. Because I had two TVs last year, on, and the Egg Bowl never disappoints. There are three games on Thanksgiving: uh, Green Bay, Detroit, uh, Washington, Dallas, and then the nightcap is San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle, and then Friday there is a. Uh, three o'clock game between the Dolphins and the Jets. Oh, okay, okay. So there's a three o'clock. That game. one's on Prime, yeah. I think, on Friday. It is, and that's that's the first ever while everyone's shopping. Right, game at three o'clock. Give up, give us something to do. And then Thursday night, I mean uh, Thanksgiving night is always the Egg Bowl, always rowdy, always close. I mean. Dude, if you and look back, I almost I wish something I, stupid always happens oh my at the God. end of that game. <laughs> it is like always something nuts is happening. This year is the first year that I do think that it will be lopsided. I thought it was funny that Lane Kiffin they interviewed him and they started off really slow against Louisiana Monroe this week and they took care of business, but he was like, I was getting ready for both games. Short week. And he goes, we we focused on Mississippi State as much as we did, maybe more than Louisiana Monroe. And that is a coach, like, you'll never hear most coaches say Say that. that. But that is the truth as it relates to most coaches all the time when they have two games like that. But they're they're always going to say, well, no, it's always next game. But Kiffin was being completely honest when he said that. And – if other coaches w- were to be honest about that, they would say the same thing. Don't think that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban aren't already working on plays for their matchup. Screw Auburn and screw uh, uh, Georgia Tech. Of course, of, of course they are. Yeah, they have plays you haven't even seen. This oh year. yeah, I haven't even them. seen exactly. Uh, it's 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 nuts. But yes, tuna. We're this is for you, buddy. The egg bowl can't wait. Uh, we're gonna send you some deviled eggs <laughs> with a little tuna helper sprinkled in there. Uh, yeah, that's a. <laughs> That's exactly ex- what he needs. That is exactly what a guy who's been under the weather wants to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hard-boiled eggs and tuna helper. And, and maybe an egg sandwich. You I know, mean, like egg salad sandwich. I mean. T- <laughs> what about turkey salad? <laughs> yeah. I, I have felt uh, in perfect health all week until you just said that and now I am nauseous. Oh god, I'm telling you, like <laughs> not, not, not worse than a dry hard boiled egg after you've been sick. Uh, but yes, I'm glad you brought that up, Joey, because we almost forgot about that and I had it written down because I know that is one of Tuna's favorite rivalries. And uh maybe uh I might get him over to the house for that one on Thanksgiving night. I think um, I think Tuna and all the L S U fans will be tuned into that one. <laughs> for sure um heck man I, I i mean i guess florida could florida upstate florida could florida upset florida state saturday i had that game written down on my notebook over here as one to keep an eye on i i'm really interested the game is at the swamp which in college obviously makes a huge difference both quarterbacks out yes um, it's going to be two guys that have, I think I heard today that, uh, one quarterback has thrown 
like 12 passes all year. I think it was a Florida quarterback has thrown 12 passes all year. Um, but it's the, it's one of those games. I, college football is weird when you get to this rivalry week and you have one team that maybe is just playing for pride or playing to maybe save their coach's job. And then you have another team that is looking ahead to the ACC championship game right, and things right. going further than that. Right. And if there was ever, and I, I know Fred and I have gone back and forth about the uh, concept of trap games. If there was ever a trap game for Florida State, this is it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've I tried, the plus they're trying to get style points. They are going to have to try to dominate because – Let's be real. That committee knows that if their quarterback's out and they're not playing well, they're done. And and I mean, but if that quarterback comes out and dominates, look out, people, because Florida State, hey, let me mention this. This is a good time to mention this. There's a guy named, can you name the quarterback? Third stringer. That won the national championship. Third string quarterback. Can you name him and his team? I'll give y'all three seconds. Because e- it's not easy. Can we get a time frame? <laughs> yes. Uh, during the... I'll, get, I'll tell you when it was. It was the very first playoff. The very first uh, BCS playoff. CFP. Oh, your boy at Alabama? Number 10. It, it was against Alabama. Against Alabama. And we lost. The first ever CFP. I'm going to give you his name. Cardell Jones. Oh, yeah. Cardell Jones. Do not forget. That's that right. Baylor and uh, Baylor and someone else was trying to get into that playoff. And I think Baylor may have lost at Iowa State or something crazy. Uh, maybe uh, another team, but I know that Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing. I still can't stand that coach of Wisconsin because I, f- I feel like he just gave up in that game. But Cardell Jones, both quarterbacks got hurt for Ohio State. Cardell Jones came in, took over that game, dominated that game 59 nothing, and they were not going to have Ohio State in. That's right. And because he dominated Wisconsin, they got in on the, uh, as the fourth team, and what did they do? They went through and whooped everybody, and he had the game of his life versus Alabama. And that's what I'm saying. This quarterback can do that, and they know that. That committee knows that. So you want to keep an eye on that because it has happened, you know. And this guy, by the way, let's say his name, Tate Routemaker. Tate Routemaker is is the guy that can can change his life forever. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was listening to a, a local radio station today, and they were uh, talking about that uh, basically that scenario and. Uh, they were not sure even how to pronounce his last name. And uh, one of the guys said, oh, I, it's it's either Rudemaker or Rodemaker. And the other guy said, well, I think it's Rodemaker. And I said, well, I have no idea, so I'm going to uh, 
put that in the back of my brain so when we talk about it tonight, I can remember. Oh, my Lord. Kansas has the – are they wearing Hawaiian uniforms? They are, and and I thought last night they were the coolest things I'd they ever seen. They are wild, and they wore them last night? They okay. did, yeah. I was looking at the game. Uh, well, there you go. There, there you have it. Uh, the CFP rankings, Travis. So Washington did move up, correct? Yeah, they're in fourth. They're in fourth. Okay, so that was the only change. They switched with Florida State. Yeah, you have uh, Georgia, number one, Ohio State, number two, Michigan, number three, Washington, number four, Florida State at five, Oregon, six, Texas, Bama at eight, Missouri at nine, and then Louisville sliding into the top ten. Wow, okay, there you go. Well, I thought Louisville was ninth already. Uh, I got them at 10. I think they were 11th last week. I'm pretty sure. Got a question on the playoffs. Yeah. Talking to a mutual friend of ours Saturday night. Good conversation, other opinion, and can't disagree or necessarily agree with it. Alabama plays Georgia. Georgia's undefeated. Alabama wins. Right. I know my answer. Who gets in? Of those two? Yeah. Oh, uh, the winner of the SEC championship. That was my thought, but I don't think there's any question about here's that. A, here's right? the thing. I, I, I've been listening to this all day on Feinbaum and on uh, – uh, I listened to uh, ESPN, had some different people on. Uh, and the way I see it is, and Tuna has said the same thing, if you lose late, tough shit. Uh, that's how it is. And it's, if you lose in a conference championship, now I know that that teams last year lost in a conference championship and they still made it in. Remember, we talked about how Kansas uh, State, uh, how Kansas State uh, beat TCU in the playoff game in the in the uh, champion Big Twelve championship, and and they and TCU got in, but. In this scenario, and that was just the way those teams were. There weren't like six, seven teams still undefeated and trying to fight in there. There were a lot of one-loss teams. This, and TCU was undefeated. This playoff, I'm telling you, if if you lose in a, in a champion, if Washington loses to Oregon State, in in or if they if they all go on and win this week and Washington loses to Oregon, I'm telling you, they're out. Oh, the yes. They're out. Yes. And, and I know yes. and I know what you're saying. Georgia they is are number out. one. How yeah. can you say that Georgia loses their first game? Da da da. Well, I'll tell you two scenarios. They haven't had that great a schedule. Agree. And secondly, they now, if they lost to Bama in a, oh, my God, last-second interception for a touchdown or a field goal at the end goal, and this is one of the greatest games ever played, like some of them LSU 6-3 to in, uh, defensive battles or whatever, then it's going to get tight. But if Bama wins by a touchdown or two, Georgia's done, in my opinion. And, and I think any team is, hey, here's the deal. Let's talk about it real quick. Michigan-Ohio State. Neither one of those teams ever waver in this stupid CFP bracket thing. Everybody knows Michigan ain't played nobody. 
Everybody knows Ohio State's played. Eh, they're they've played better teams, but Notre Dame is reeling. Even though they're a solid team, I mean they're Louisville's best win. They're Ohio State's best win. Uh, but if Michigan loses, they're done. Okay, based on their wreck, based on their. I don't even think they have a strength of schedule team that's in the top. Whatever, not not strength of schedule wise. I know Penn State's their best win, but I think it's like sixty, uh, and their strength of schedule is sixty. Right. Everyone knows that Michigan, if they lose their, especially with all the crap going on with them, they will dust them. Now here's another crazy scenario: What if Ohio State loses by one by three? On a last second view, I feel like Ohio State and Georgia are right there together, and they are together. They're one and two. I personally think that if Michigan beats Ohio State, I think Ohio State's out. I think it's bad timing on when you lose this year because of the other teams that are waiting. I think that, uh, and I still think, and that's going to be weird because Michigan will be their best loss. Georgia's best loss will be Bama, but Texas, you know what I'm saying, will have beat Bama. It is a, I'm telling you right now, these these this committee is going to earn their money. They are going to oh, yeah. earn their or not earn their money, but they're going to be sweating it out. And why wouldn't it be like this for the finally the last one? What sucks is someone's going to get screwed, but next year, you know, there's 12 teams. It's going to be a blast. We're never going to have to deal with this crap again. But, man, you, you're right. That is, that's where all that craziness lies. Like, how do you – it, 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 sometimes it's just bad timing when you lose, man. That's my opinion. I don't know. Well, during our conversation, we both agreed that there's no way they put two SEC schools in this year. That's – no way. That, that is I think out the door. The, I think it's 7%. I think it's 7% is getting in. But they have Ohio State, Michigan, 22%. I don't buy it. I think Michigan, if they're out, they're done. So, Ohio State wins. Bama wins. Oregon beats Washington. Who's in the playoff? Georgia. I think Georgia. They're the fourth team? I, I, I mean, I <laughs> – I would I th think they're gonna so. have to look at Georgia and Oregon and be like, "No Texas, I, dude." I, they beat Alabama. I know. I don't you know. know. I, mean, it, I, I don't. You're it's right. Gonna they're gonna. Be crazy. They're gonna earn this. They're gonna earn. The oh, money. it's gonna be nuts, man. It's gonna be must watch, must watch. But uh, woo, yeah, baby, that's good. Hey, well, I know it's hard <laughs> to get into basketball when you got all that going on. You know, I know. It is, and I mean, it, it, <laughs> this is obviously the time where college football really gets interesting, and, you know, I think that was a great discussion we just had with a lot of interesting questions brought up, and uh, nobody has the answer. Nobody has the answer. We'll see what happens uh, as the, the next two weeks play out, and I can't wait for the next two weeks to play out. I think it's Don't be forget, they want the teams that are equipped with no injuries. And if you get someone hurt that's important, you will get turned down. And, and they say it. They they say that. I mean, I, you know, but if you have someone that at the perfect timing that's playing good, 
They will reward them, but it's, uh, yeah, it's nuts. What if they put a camera in the bowl committee's room while they're having this discussion and put it on paper? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people want the Michigan guy out that's on the committee. They're, a lot of people are trying to to say that, they, that he shouldn't be involved in it uh, because of what's going on. I said, I said years ago, if they put cameras in the NCAA selection room for basketball tournament, and just said, okay, we know it's not for everybody, but $500 will get you unedited, unfiltered access to watch them put their thing together. They would make a fortune. Freddie, we'd have a 1,000 people at your house. (laughs) (laughs) It would. Yes, we would. Maybe some broken furniture. I don't know. But uh, Hick would shut down and just bring everybody. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of college basketball, we do have some, uh, you know, some early season college basketball uh, movers and shakers, and some things that have happened in in the last few days. Um, I was in New York City. Weirdly enough, I was across the street from Madison Square Garden. It didn't actually go to the Indiana game, but I did watch uh, the Indiana-UConn game and the uh, Louisville-Texas game. And then, of course, yesterday was Indiana and Louisville and then uh, UConn and Texas. And I was telling you guys before we went on the air, and I've, I've it's a very small sample size. But of the teams that I've seen play this year, Connecticut, to me, is above everybody. And as we watch as we watch the Maui Invitational right now, I, would, I, ha- <clears throat> I had Purdue right behind them, and Purdue got down big early. They're now winning against Tennessee. But... I saw a really interesting uh, stat today where they said that if Connecticut wins their next, I think it was two games, it might have been three, but I think it was two, uh, against teams that they are clearly favored to overmatch. They're not playing anybody uh, big before the... Right, yeah. Um, if they win their next two games by double digits, they will set the record for the most consecutive Double-digit wins in the history of college basketball. Woo, baby. That's impressive. And think about that because, obviously, they win the national championship. So that means they went through the entire – well, not only just the NCAA tournament, they went through their conference tournament. conference tournament. And won all those games by double digits. And I'm not sure how many times that has ever been done before. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you. That is a stat that everyone should know, and I'm not sure everyone's going to be aware of it. People on our show will be, but wow. Oh, my Lord. That is, uh, that is big. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, not only are they playing great basketball right now, and, in a, and, and but they've got two players that are going to come back from injury and are going to add two more weapons. And I thought for probably 11 minutes in the first half of uh, 
of the game against Indiana. I thought Indiana played about as well as they could play. And I still never thought there was a single solitary chance that Indiana had a chance to win that game. Just watching the two teams play. I watched the second half. It was so back and forth. It was a game of runs, so to speak. Or sloppy play, however you want to say that. Um, Back to football for a minute. I'm I'm glad for the Cards fans because they have been through a lot right. in the last several years. Um, so good for you on that note. Uh, it's great for the city. Unfortunately, I think you still got basketball issues, and <laughs> well, they're they're not going anywhere for a while. No, they're there. They're there. Uh, but I do think that there was some, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything because they do have issues. That's obvious. But I do think that this weekend in New York at least opened the possibility that there is a light at the end of a very long tunnel. And maybe maybe for this year, just to be, and I know this isn't what Louisville fans want to hear, but just to be competitive against decent teams, which they were not last year. Well, at all. I Dude, think- they play hard. Let me tell you something. Louisville plays hard. They're just asking to be coached. Um, One of my buddies that was watching the game was talking to me. He's like, you know, uh, what's, what's his name? Tyler. Uh, uh, I mean, he had 20 and eight assists and, and the uh, four or five minute mark. He's on fire. They're in a tight game and he takes him out. He, but I'll, I'll tell you why he took. Why him out. did he take him out? But he never put him back in, did he? And I, I mean, I was watching the game, but he pointed that out to me. He took and him. I got his number mixed up. He but, took him out because he asked to be taken out because he pulled a muscle in his groin. So is he hurt? He, yeah, he, he said, "I'm, I'm hurt. I need to come out." Of really? The game. Yes. I did not know he was hurt. I didn't hear anything today. That, that came out. That came out after the game. Okay, I Which, did not know that. But, I mean, there were things that happened. I mean, Indiana went to that 2-3 zone that kind of morphed into a different kind of zone. And while he was in the game, I thought they attacked it pretty well and they looked okay. As soon as he went out of the game, they looked like they'd never seen his own defense before. Everybody was standing around pounding the air out of the basketball. Um I was surprised, quite frankly, that Louisville didn't try to throw a zone at Indiana at some point because Indiana is a horrific three-point shooting team, and the only way that they were scoring was driving the ball in the paint and getting fouled. Um, But, I mean, we're not going to get into a deep dive on the Indiana-Louisville game. It's not not that important. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good... For people around here, it was a fun game to watch. I was glad the matchup ended up happening. Kentucky, uh, although they went to overtime against St. Joe's last night, I think Kentucky the is St. Joe's team ready to score. And I think they're. I think Kentucky's going to be very, very good this year. Um, Ooh, they're must watch, baby. I'm telling you. Yep, I've enjoyed watching them play. I think they're going to get better and better as the season goes on. Um, Kansas is very good. Arkans- I mean, uh, Arizona's playing well. Um, you know, uh, Alabama's got a good team. Well, uh, Purdue, Tennessee's on right now. Yeah. Two and seven. Purdue, Tennessee. Tennessee's playing well. 
haven't watched James Madison yet, but uh, <laughs> they someone, were... who's the athletic director of James Madison? Yeah, I know. He's doing great things yeah, at somebody, that university. Somebody bring him to Indiana and let him make the next uh, uh, football hire. And, and and your boy down in Miami is still doing good. Uh, Miami's looks like they haven't changed. And, you know, and Creighton, I watched Creighton play. They're a really good team. Uh, Marquette, which we're going to see tonight. Uh, but, dude, what about the job that, I'll tell you what, Kelvin Sampson at Houston, they just lose to, you never feel like they're getting any major, major blue chippers, but gosh damn, whatever his, uh, his coaching philosophy, which you, you know what it is, it's, it's up your ass and, and on you like a glove, uh, defensively. Man, he is he has found his niche in Houston, has he not? And he recruits here, athletes. And yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, he does. You're right. Anybody that you know was an Indiana fan when he was at Indiana, nobody would ever question his coaching acumen or the way that he gets teams to play hard for him or gets guys to play. You know, he develops kids. <laughs> The question with him was always, you know, and you know, there's that balance between uh, being a coach and a leader of men and all that. All he cared about is winning games. And he did that in Indiana, but he wasn't necessarily the most ethic person while that he was doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, he's a uh, Kelvin Sampson is unquestionably uh, one of the best college basketball coaches going today for sure. That said, with all that, back to UK for a minute. You know, we got three seven footers that aren't playing right now. Oh, I know, I know, and, and I'm so excited to see what Bradshaw does when he Man, comes in. Oh, I'm telling you, he had Kentucky, that foot surgery back in June. Kentucky, I don't think Cal can mess this up. He's it, this is a. Uh, a scary Kentucky team, um, two guards. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, an all uh, Wagner, uh, the All American schoolboy, Super Five, and then you've got the two guys playing way looser and better than him right now, in Shepard and uh, Dilly Dilly Dillingham, who is Showtime must watch TV. Uh, I think that Edwards. Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell is solid as a rock, uh, playing well. Reeves is playing Beautiful well again. Jumper Reeves is just feeding off of them. Uh, the, it just seems like they're passing the ball around really well. Um, they look like they're having fun. They're having fun. That's right. You know they what I mean? are. They are. This is going to be. I mean, let's be real. The last few years for Kentucky fans weren't all that great. Any worse than IU or Louisville. That's true. I mean, dude, UK fans have been, uh, like, having to watch some of that. Even Toshibwe did what he did, but, God, it was in hell he was half blind uh, <laughs> doing all that. And, and But the, the guard play was horrendous for UK for th for at least three or four years. Uh, no penetrate, no, no dribble penetration. Now you got Dillingham. He can... He can do it on his own if he wants to. And Shepard's got this athleticism that is hidden that you don't even know he has until he shows it to you. Uh, 
for for a uh, six three or what is he six four six, six three. three guard, uh, and he can shoot the lights off. And and he's had a couple little tough turnovers at bad times, but he'll get over that real quick. I think uh, he has the most three pointers in the nation. Right? Yes, now. yes. And uh, I'm telling you, man, we we just when you want freshmen to come in at certain times when it's crunch time. And you know that they can can get it done. Then things are going to be good down the line. Uh, it's going to be fun. And the SEC's got a lot of good teams: Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, uh, Arkansas. I mean, they're all there. Uh, that conference is tough, just like Louisville with Virginia and North Carolina, and you know, you know, U- UK in the past and recently has had those players. They go back to the bench and they talk back to the coach or. They slap their seat before they sit down. Right. We all played sports in high school. Yeah. You didn't do that. No. And I hate seeing that. You do not see that with this Kentucky team. No, no. And it's early. As frustrated as Edwards and Wagner were in the last two games, and you have not seen that. I I love that, too. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, like I I do love seeing that. But, well, I mean, I'm loving it, dude. College, college football and basketball is well and good again. This is obviously a great week for for basketball with all the uh, with all the in season tournaments, and uh, I am a college basketball fanatic, and I can't wait for it to get in full swing, and we'll get super deep into it uh, as the season goes on. Should we talk about Tuna's uh, Chiefs? Well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wasn't going to bring that up yeah. because I thought maybe we would try to to uh, have this as a healing episode. Okay, okay, healing episode for all Bengals fans out there. And well, and I mean that really sucks about Burrow. I yeah, mean, that, that's, I know that really sucks. Yeah, dude, Burrow. Uh, it is it uh, it is interesting that it's all come to fruition on the betting. And you know what? Uh, I think everybody knows what's going on with that, where he had the splint on his hand. Was he hurt? Was he not hurt? Uh, you've got that silliness going on. And then on top of it, we've got a quarterback that uh, I'm not sure if he can get the job done. But but I think the Bengals are pretty much done. This. I think the Buffalo can try to get back into it. Uh, Miami looks like they may have that locked up. But do you all think the Eagles is the best team? I mean, is that your? I mean, now that you've seen them beat the Chiefs in in, uh, 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 I still like the 49ers. Okay, I do too. I, and they're obviously up there, but I think the Eagles are, and it has nothing to do with last night's game. Uh, you brought it. You were talking about Washington earlier. Wins in so many different ways, and the Eagles have done that this year too. Yeah. Yeah, every dude. every aspect. I mean, I mean, I still there. think the Lions are playing good, but the the Jags are kind of up there. The no. Browns. What about the Browns? Could they make some noise? Defenses. I mean, pretty good. What, what do you do? You think that that quarterback? I and, think I, when, I love that quarter. I think that kid's good from UCLA. I think when you have a defense as good as theirs is, that you're going to be in. You could maybe gonna have be an in, upset. You're going to be in every game. Right. Right. I don't know how that translates over the course of a playoff run in the NFL, but uh, it wouldn't shock me. 
But uh, since our last episode, the Cowboys have been playing pretty damn good, too. I still don't trust them. RG3 said he wants to come back and go to the Browns. Y'all saw that, didn't you? I did see that, yes. I'm not not quite sure, but I think the, the NFL, we know the teams that are trudging in that direction, don't you all? I mean, it's pretty... Pretty much 49ers, uh, Chiefs, you know. Uh, hey, I mean, Philadelphia, Yeah, you want to talk about running a gauntlet here. I mean, they yeah. play Buffalo this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's a – And, and a, Buffalo showed that they can bounce back. Uh, they're not that, consistent. That would be a huge win for Buffalo if they could get that that victory. And that is that at – is that in it's, Bu- it, it's in Philly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Buffalo's quarterback has thrown over 200 and something touchdown, like during the, a certain time frame, six, seven years, it's the most in the league. Yeah. But I think he also leads the league in interceptions. Okay. He's right at about a hundred. He's got a lot. He's got a lot. During and that then, same time frame. And then, you know, the, the Buffalo, they've got a little issue on there. I think the Diggs, uh, uh, I think Stefan Diggs is somewhat of a cancer on that team anyways. I know he's good, but all that crap with him in the locker room and his brother online, uh, do, on social media and all that, uh, trust me, I know his brother. He played for Bama. Uh, he's not one of my favorite guys. He left our team hanging, by the way, uh, against LSU and uh, in the Iron Bowl and in our search for quest for a championship, so he could get drafted higher. Uh, so I don't have any. Uh, I got nothing for him or his brother, who I know is creating issues in Buffalo. Um, he don't get the ball, and you know who's calling plays in Buffalo right now? Joe Brady. That's the, right. The genius of the orchestrating of the LSU uh, Burrow Chase uh, right. Jefferson team. That believe me, that wasn't Coach O calling them plays. That was Joe Brady uh, helping the offensive coordinator and really putting all that together. It will be interesting to see. And you saw what they did in that game. If they get, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I may take Buffalo. At Philly, because Joe Brady's calling the plays. There was there was a play going back to the game last night. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Casey's quarterback goes to spike it, and the oh. defensive lineman jumps underneath the center, and the ball hit his hands. Oh, t- okay. Now they he didn't get it. It hit end up hitting the ground. Yeah. But they went back and showed a play in college, and I don't know what team it was. Some kid did it, and he goes, I watched this kid do it, and it was a turnover. It was an interception. <laughs> I saw that. I, that that's so funny uh, because when when that happened last night and they were making a big deal about it on the broadcast, I said, I've seen that at least twice where teams have tried to do that. I remember somebody tried to do that against Indiana one time because I turned to my friend and I said, if there was ever a way Indiana was going to lose in a new spectacular way to get beat, it would be because they were trying to spike the ball and the nose tackle dove under and intercepted the football. Um, It has been tried before. I knew that. And I have always thought that's, 
one of those things, there's a few weird things in sports that I always say, why don't you always try to, that's one of them. The other one is at the end of a ball game, if you have a timeout in a basketball game, you throw the ball to half court and call a quick timeout. It's like advancing the ball in the NBA. Nobody in college does that. I know. Um, but that particular thing that I saw, and it was so funny. I was sitting there on the couch by myself watching it, and I was almost standing up and cheering for the guy for trying to do it. I well, said, I love the interview Why wouldn't you try he, it? He was like, no, I, I saw this highlight, this college game, and he goes, I'm going to try that sometime. Well, yeah, what about <laughs> the guy that B Bilicek had the guy earlier in the season that was during the field goal running in motion? Do you remember that? They have a player on defense running in motion, and then he ran over to block the kick, and he blocked it. Do you all remember that? No, earlier but, in but, the year, but, but that's the guy, something and that he like, would do. I didn't do. know they were allowed to run in motion on defense, and they were, and he just came right across and freaking blocked the field goal. And I'm like, why isn't everybody doing that? Uh, unbelievable, though, man. <laughs> that's too funny. Um, do I get to make Tuna's picks tonight? No, but <laughs> uh, you're going to make your own picks here. I want here the in, under uh, of the Oregon game. No. <laughs> Here in just a the, second. The over in the Iowa game. Yeah, yeah. 26 over. and a half again this week. Um, uh, before we get out of here, before we go around the room and get our picks, I do want to, uh, again, thank everybody for listening. Remind everybody that next year will be our one-year anniversary show. And uh, we might have some special things. T-shirts coming. We might have some special things lined up uh, for next week. Um Please be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter or on Facebook. And right now, we are going to uh, go ahead and get our picks of the weekend. This is where, of course, each of us pick three games. can be college or pro. Um, our three bets of the weekend. And Fred, I'm going to start with you tonight. What do you have as your three picks of the weekend? My three picks. I'm going with two upsets, okay? Oh, baby. I'm going with two upsets. North Carolina State at home plus three. They have been playing real well over North Carolina. I'm going Ohio State. Um, I think that spread hasn't changed. It's still four. I think think I saw it at three and a half. Was it three and a half? Okay, three and a half. I'm going Ohio State with an upset at the big house. And one of the hottest teams out there, folks. It's three and a half. One of the hottest teams out there, folks, right now, who has a chance to win the Pac-12, the Pac-2, Jed Fish is his name. And at A&M, if you're not looking for a coach, you need to hire Arizona's coach. They are the one of the hottest teams in the country. And out of nowhere with two quarterbacks, I'm going Arizona uh, over Arizona State, and I think that's 12 and a half. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're given. I'm going Arizona on that one. So you're locked. I have it. At, it's actually at ten and a half. Is it ten and a half? Yep. I had, that must have changed tonight. Yep. Wow. Okay. So you've got Arizona. I love that. Minus ten and a half. Yeah, Arizona. 
And I'd like to welcome in Jody for his first time on mic, giving his picks tonight. Jody, what do you have? LSU. I got that, sir. Yeah. 11 and a half. Yeah. Love that one. Ohio, Akron, over 41. Okay. I've been watching the Bobcats. Yeah, you've been they, all they, over I, Ohio. I think it was last week they let me down, but it's all right. And my lock of the week, Wyoming, Nevada, yep. over Look. 41 and a half. Oh, okay. I like Wyoming with the minus 10 and a half, too, in that game. Did change? It was at eleven. So yeah, yeah, I like it was ten and a half. I that, that, I will be betting Wyoming. And that game. over in the Wyoming game is my lock. Nice. Uh, my lock was NC State, by the way, uh, plus three. All right. Uh, Colin has Minnesota plus two, Virginia Tech minus three, and uh, going against Freddie's. Beloved Crimson Tide. Unbelievable. He has Auburn plus 14 and a half. He hasn't watched the Iron Bowl enough. <laughs> What's his lock on that? Uh, he has Virginia Tech. I have Rutgers plus one. Love the under. I have Kansas minus six. And in honor of Fred, the Freddie Memorial... <laughs> Bet I looked at that Iowa Nebraska game and saw that over under going for the record sitting at 26. 26. And by God, I'm taking the under and rolling with it all day. That is my lock I of the love week. It. I I'm love taking it. the under in the Iowa Nebraska game. And that will be a Vegas record, folks, if that holds up. <laughs> 26 will destroy the Vegas record. Of unders for Iowa, yes. Can we talk about <laughs> Iowa last last week, the Iowa football game? Uh, no, we cannot. Uh, <laughs> Freddie lost a big, big parlay. What was that? Had spread? the under by God, which was yeah. What was the spread? The spread was four. Two. Was it four? And they came back and won by two. They've done that twice to me now, back to back. I will not be betting Iowa anymore. Just the under. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts tonight, Freddie? Sitting around the room. Yeah, I got a final thought. The SEC can spoil everything for the ACC this weekend, folks. And all they got to do is win. Can UK spoil UofL's great season? Can Florida spoil Florida State's great season? Can Georgia Tech sp- can uh, Georgia I think is going to beat Georgia Tech? <laughs> I would think. And so. can South Carolina take down Dabo and little old Clemson? I think the SEC can pull a couple of upsets that they lost on early in the year and redeem themselves. Good luck, guys. <laughs> Jody, you have any final thoughts? Uh, this is for Tuna uh, in baseball speak because we're big baseball guys. Um, he's in the starting rotation. I'm just the reliever coming in for the night. Uh, <laughs> but, Tuna, you got your starting spot back when you come back. And uh, happy Turkey Day to everybody listening. Yes, sir. Everybody get some good stuffing. What's your favorite? Real quick, Travis, what's your favorite? My favorite Thanksgiving food yes. is is sausage stuffing and it, it with gravy on top and it's not even close. Oh man. I could I, I, I could literally give up every other 
Thanksgiving food, if I had a big plate of sausage stuffing with homemade gravy on top, Ah. I'd be happy as a clam. Jody? My sister-in-law's broccoli cheese casserole. Casserole. Ooh, I like it. It is the best I've ever had. I love it. I love it. I'm making stuffing patties for the first time Mm. um, uh, because my grandmother used to make those. You know, my all-time favorite thing that I always ate more of than anything, and this is how my grandfather used to do it, uh, cornbread sliced open with pinto beans on top of it, poured on the top with soup. And them pinto beans, and if as long as I as long and I know turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all that, but if I don't have my pinto beans and cornbread old school <laughs> style, then I ain't got my Thanksgiving dinner mixed in with it. You kind of mix it with everything in there, but that's my favorite. So everybody, make sure you pull the right wishbone this weekend <laughs> how, how do those picky eaters eat thanksgiving you know those eaters their food can't touch and oh they eat yeah one thing. how uh, do you do that on thanksgiving i can't because you that. pile it on oh your plate, yeah right? dude yeah. i gotta mix it all i think there. you're just out of luck that's why I on a day like thanksgiving you're just out of luck and my other question this is everybody's question i think at thanksgiving are you a ham or a turkey guy turkey period i am if i if when when the turkey's coming out, my mom and I, between us two, while everybody's doing it and everything, I'm literally on the side over there ripping skin off and <laughs> hiding it on the left side and making sure that no one gets all this. Like, we fight over the skin of the turkey. Another one of my favorite things that I do that my dad used to do is he would grab them wing. And yeah. hide that wing over there. Make sure you know, nobody wants this wing, do they? Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love ham. Hey, love ham. But I, I I gotta have the skin of the turkey is my favorite part. I don't even need the turkey. Oh. I don't need the dark meat. I don't need the white meat. I need the skin. A lot of people say they do turkey at Thanksgiving and then ham at Christmas. There you go. We, we always did both, and I'm more of a ham guy. I hear you. I like, dude, nothing like a good ham with a glaze over yes, it. Yes, nice glaze. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, guys, uh, this was really fun. Uh, of course, we can't wait to have Tuna back, but uh, we really appreciate Jody stepping in. Hell to, yeah, uh, great job. Thanks, guys. Stepping in on the high top table. We want to thank everybody for listening. Of course, we want to uh, wish everybody a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy all the big ball games that are coming up this weekend. For Jody sitting in for the big fellow of the Tuna Country, Matt Kemp, and for the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, this is Travis Carter saying happy Thanksgiving and so long, everybody.